You'll have heard about the situation in Sudan and the effort underway to evacuate Irish people from there. Um, the Department of Foreign Affairs, for example, confirms that 50 Irish citizens and their family members have already been evacuated with the support of France and Spain. Uh, but Limerick Minister of State and Fine Gael TD Patrick O'Donovan says the crisis shows why our foreign policy needs to change radically and he's on the line. Good morning to you. Morning, Joe. Morning to your listeners. What do you mean by change radically? Well, you know, Ireland is no longer a poor country. We're no longer um, a, a country that doesn't have means to uh, look after our citizens abroad. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we've had two major incidents now, uh, one in Afghanistan and one in Sudan, uh, where we've had to piggyback out uh, on the backs of other EU member states uh, to get our citizens out of, of troubled parts of the world. And what we know for definite is trouble is something that's not going to go away. It's always going to be around the corner. Uh, and the decision uh, that Michal Martin made to uh, advance the purchase of aircraft that will allow for long-distance travel uh, into troubled areas to get people out in a hurry is something that's welcome. But that on its own uh, is only part of the equation. We need to have a very honest, uh, open and, and frank conversation in this country with regard to the future direction of our foreign and defence policy. At the moment, um, for instance, the deployment of Irish troops uh, abroad overseas for peacekeeping missions uh, uses what's called a triple lock. And that triple lock involves the consent of the Government of Ireland, the consent of the Oireachtas, and the consent of the United Nations Security Council. So essentially what we're giving in that is we're giving over uh, to countries who may be very belligerent, who might be, in many cases, quite difficult themselves, sitting at the United Nations Security Council, a decision-making aspect with regard to Ireland's foreign policy, something that I think... So, so for example, uh, Russia is currently the chair mm. of the UN Security Council. Exactly, and, and considering what has happened recently in Europe, we have to be very honest with ourselves that we are like this, this business of, of pretending that you can be neutral in a world that's changing by the second and that you can have a 1940s uh, foreign and defence policy in 2023 is just ludicrous. Well, well look, I mean, put simply, and you would have heard this argument yourself, the fear that I would have, the fear that lots of people listening to this, is that our children will end up being shot at somewhere in the future fighting in an EU army and putting their lives at risk uh, for things about which we know very little? Well, at the moment, uh, you know, we, we have decided to go it alone. Uh, we have decided to go it alone, uh, ourselves, Malta and Austria, being the only member states of, of the European Union who have decided that we know better, uh, that we seem to be able to uh, defend ourselves and uh, the, the sea area of Ireland being seven times the size of our landmass and that we don't need any external help. And we also claim to be, in inverted commas, neutral. Now, the, the real definition of neutrality is that you don't have an opinion on anything and you certainly don't volunteer it, which, of course, we don't do in Ireland. Um, we volunteer our opinion, rightly so, on what we see as wrongs that are being committed around the world. And in many cases, we uh, support those that are being wronged. But the reality is, from our own point of view, whether it is in relation to cyber attacks, whether it is in relation to people that potentially could interfere with uh, infrastructure that is under the sea, whether it is in, in potential difficulties that we have around our energy supply uh, or, you know, for argument's sake, even the trafficking of, of aircraft over and back across the Atlantic, we are totally on our own uh, because we have an alliance with nobody 
uh, that will be able to defend us and come to our defence because we clearly have decided. Uh, I, I, I presume it's because uh, people will face difficult questions about the cost of these things. But we now see the reality that when we didn't invest, for instance, in aircraft, probably down to an awful lot of uh, media scrutiny and people being afraid to stand up for what was the right thing to do, we decided to uh, retire the aircraft that we had that was yeah. potentially able to go overseas. But, but and now co- we're the, relying the cost, on piggybacks. The, the cost is, is one issue, certainly. But isn't it also the case that you know we have seen members of our defence forces uh, you know very proudly involved in uh, mm. various operations around the world, including vital peacekeeping on behalf of the United Nations, and some of them have made the ultimate sacrifice. They've been killed. I mean, so the, the truth of the matter here is what we could end up with is a lot more Irish citizens dying in wars. Well, the alternative, the alternative, of course, is to leave the United Nations. The alternative is to decide... To decide well, isn't the alternative to kind of <coughs> slightly modify but maintain our neutrality? Well, there's no such thing as neutrality anymore, and I think anybody... You, you really don't believe that... The, no, the, I don't. The, I mean, so so you, what, you're, what you're saying, Minister, is that, that our current policy of neutrality is completely unfit for purpose, well, it, and it needs uh, to... We would have to go to a referendum for a start, We obviously. don't. Oh, no, you don't. You don't uh, have to go to a referendum? No, you don't. Uh, the, um, the Defence Act of 2006 uh, to change Ireland's position with regard to the triple lock is, um, it does not require uh, a referendum. But you, could, but, you, but you couldn't, but possi- it, you couldn't possibly but, make such a radical shift in foreign but policy you, without putting it to the deep in a referendum. Just let me finish. But what the Tarnishta has decided to do, and he's right, is to engage in a, a deep uh, conversation publicly around our foreign policy. Now, if we want to be neutral in the true sense of the word, we shouldn't be in the European Union and we shouldn't be in the United Nations. Because but that isn't what we were just told. Let me finish. In all just no, let no, me. sorry, wait a second now. Just let me finish. Wait, Patrick, let me, let me ask a question, please. We, well, I'm trying we, to we had, we had, we had, Sorry, no, we've had a series of European treaties and we referendums did. upon which we were told that we could maintain our neutrality military. while remaining in the EU. Well, there's a difference between being military neutral and between, between uh, being uh, policy neutral. And we, we decided a long, long, long time ago when we entered the European Economic Community uh, and there is common foreign policy statements made that we do things as a collective. Now, if we think that we're going to be able, in 2023, if we look at Finland which is long-standing military neutral, even was a reluctant member of the, the European Union, they were jolted into a decision uh, to change their position with almost 90% of the people of that country deciding uh, that it was the right course of action to do because of a belligerent country in Europe that has decided to invade a country with no regard for human life, with no regard for international law, with no regard for anything. Now, if we think that, you know, that the world in 2023 is the same as the world in 1943, we are deluded. We can't operate in a world where our health system is being attacked and brought down, costing huge difficulties for patients, probably costing lives costing billions of euros and, to fix and it. And after that and consultation think? process that you talk about there, that the, the Tornista is, is um, leading off on, do you think that ultimately it is only reasonable to give people an opportunity oh, in a referendum absolutely. to decide on the change? Absolutely. But I think that, you know, Irish people, by their nature, looking at an evacuation situation now that we have in Sudan, relying on France and Spain, because we don't have the equipment, we don't have the hardware, we don't have the personnel to get them out. It's only a matter of time before the next one comes up, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one after that. It's also only a matter of time before another attack happens on an EU member state. 
If an EU member state is attacked either by cyber or their banking system is brought down or their aviation system is brought down or there is a deliberate attack on them and the, and the citizens, what are we as Irish people saying then? That we're members uh, of an EU um, where we de- derive all of the economic benefits, all of the political benefits, all of the individual benefits that we as citizens can derive from being able to travel freely from the economy, mm-hmm. from the jobs and everything else. But when it comes to one of our own being attacked, okay. oh, sorry, oh, sorry, no, we don't have an right. opinion okay. on that. Okay, well, look, I, I, this is only the start of what's going to be an extensive debate on this in the months to come with you and indeed many others because it is a fundamental issue and it would ultimately be a fundamental shift in decades upon decades of Irish policy in this respect. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, Minister of State and Fine Gael Limerick TD, Patrick o- Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.